This episode today really strikes close to home. So those of you listening or watching here may not know this about me. Uh, maybe you do. But before I did diesel laptops, my job was working at a OEM dealership, uh, truck dealership, and I was in charge of their IT and I was in charge of their marketing. So I learned a lot about that side of the world working for somebody else. And really those skills I learned helped me here at diesel laptops, but I didn't take all those lessons I learned to heart. So as I talk about in this episode uh, with Kevin, you'll hear me talk and refer to some things. So yes, our company, Diesel Laptops, got hacked and lost over $40,000. Uh, we've had some catastrophic IT failures along the way before we had people to actually help do those things where phone systems didn't work and accounts got locked out and, and all these things that happen with a business. And as a small business, taking IT security and resources seriously is is almost overwhelming it is overwhelming there's so many pieces to it it's a really hard thing to do and the story you're going to hear here with kevin is first of all super knowledgeable guy in this space he's actually just not that far from us and the company he does and started now he merged with somebody but they focus on it services for equipment dealers so equipment dealers are just like truck dealerships so i have a lot within in you know in regards with kevin he's just right down the road Super knowledgeable guy though, but really if you're especially again, small business, even if you have like one, you just yourself, you, you need to learn at least enough to know. You don't want to be caught in the situation where it's like, well, I didn't know about that. And now you're out $50,000 or your computer's ransomware and you can't access any of your files or your bank accounts hacked or all, all this other badness that happens in the industry. And I know that's part of it. The other part is having the resources to grow your business. You can't grow your business if your systems and processes aren't in the right condition to allow you to scale. So Kevin's a great guy. Uh, if you got questions about this stuff, reach out to him. He's the dude's got a heart of a teacher. He just wants to keep getting out there and helping people. So I think you're going to like the episode uh, again, comment, like share, all those things help. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the DL. I am your host, Tyler Robertson. The podcast show, we talk about everything going on in the commercial truck world, your business, entrepreneurship, all these things I'm passionate about. And this is another one of those where you need to pay attention. Uh, I, as I said in the story at the beginning of this, my company got hacked. We lost over $40,000 to some things. We've made a lot of mistakes. I'm doing this from a place of my heart to try to help everybody understand there's things you need to know about your business and things you need to care about. And there's people out there that can help you. So with that, I brought in someone that's local to me. So we're here in the studio again. If you're in the audio portion, you can't see us, but we're in the studio here in Irmo and just down the road from us down in Mount Pleasant, Charleston, yeah. low country area. Yeah. I have Kevin Landers here, president of Rocketwise. Welcome, man. Thanks, man. It's good to be, like you said, back in person. And uh, yeah, I was glad that we ended up being so close together. What's interesting is I worked in commercial truck dealerships my entire life. Mm -hmm. And I happened to find you on LinkedIn. I don't know how I found you on LinkedIn or you posted something or what yeah. happened, but in uh, really your company does IT services for equipment dealers. Yeah. So how, right. man, that's like a, that's like a niche inside of a niche. Like how, how did, how did, how did you guys like, yeah. what's, well, how did the company get started and how'd you, sure. how'd you get there working with sure. equipment dealers? So uh didn't start there, obviously. Um, you know, we've got 20, maybe 25 years in, in the industry, just doing IT in general for a variety of different organizations out there. And um, 2018, a good friend of mine and I, uh, we had organizations that 
they really had a lot of similarities. We did everything just about the same. And, um, and over the years, uh, we had always bounced ideas off of one another, really collaborating, doing a lot of the same things. And um, 2018, we decided, you know what, it's time for us to actually really talk about a partnership, bring our two companies together, uh, see what we can do. And uh, in that transition, among all the other things in that transition, one was, what are we really good at? Who do we really enjoy doing business with? And where do we actually see that we can make a difference? Um, and as we looked across our entire client base, uh, the equipment dealers that we worked with, um, really there was a lot of symmetry there. Uh, you know, we're very service focused. They're very service focused. Um, we were uh, being allowed to really do some things to bring more value to them, help them be more efficient, um, you know, enhance their business processes, et cetera. And um, so, yeah, as we got to looking at it, it just made sense. Hey, let's look into this industry. Let's see what, you know, what their need is beyond just what we know. So, so and, you um, guys had some customers already in yeah. that space at that time? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, they were local to us. Um, and that's how most IT companies are. They're, they're, you reach out to someone local, maybe you know through the chamber, maybe you know from a family friend, uh, maybe they, you know, your kids go to school together. Um, and so that's how we got into it because we uh, had a local IT, or excuse me, internet service provider uh, that was a partner of ours. And uh, they called us to tell us that uh, the first dealer that we uh, started working with, that they'd had someone snag a fiber line. It had started a fire in their network closet. They'd been down for two days. How and... did that start a fire? I didn't think that that starts a fire. Like you cut a network a so fiber line? Apparently it does. I, you I... know, um, we actually went in there. There were, you know, char marks up the wall. And uh, oddly enough, there were metal racks with network equipment in it. And they were arc welded huh. uh, to the to the shelves. It um, has to make you wonder, like, how, well, I mean, cable management and, and <laughs> like, just yeah. having your server rack in right. order probably has something yeah. to do with that, I guess, right? Making sure Maybe. things are grounded. Maybe. And, I never, and uh, yeah, I never really considered, will it start a fire? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was interesting. But yeah, dump truck, I believe it was, snagged the line on the way off the property. And <laughs> that was it? That was our introduction to equipment dealerships. Uh, so uh, yeah, you know, we had already established that relationship, began to, doing business with them. And um, so yeah, by the time we did our merger and started really looking at where do we want to head, uh, that, was, that was where we ended up. So I mean, I've never had a partnership. It's always been like me just being dumb and figuring things out. How how is it having a partner? Is it? I mean, I can imagine there's pros and cons to it. There, how's it, how's it been for you? It's been a couple of years. There are. Um, you know, I I don't know how many people will be familiar with Dave Ramsey, but uh, like both huge, we, huge Dave Ramsey fan okay. right here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Chip Severance, my partner and I, um, we actually met in uh, Nashville at a Dave Ramsey Entree Leadership, where yeah. uh, he kind of teaches the how and why of how they do business. Yeah. And uh, we got introduced there one night over dinner, and um, really nothing developed from that conversation. We each had each other's card. And like I said, uh, by the time we did a merger, we had, uh, we'd found that we were, again, doing a lot of the same things. And we found that we were having a call once a week on a schedule, just like brainstorming, like how do we improve our individual businesses? How do we troubleshoot? Anyway, that being said, to your point, uh, the, the, I guess the irony there is that Dave Ramsey says, you know, the only ship that doesn't sail is a partnership. Yeah, it's a partnership. <laughs> yep. And um, and so, yeah, 2017 was a, a, a weird year for me. Uh, I had lost my father, had my first child, and then uh, Chip calls me and says, you know, I've been doing this thing called Entrepreneur's Organization. 
and every time we're uh, having a meeting, they're bringing in these folks who are talking about their success, how they just like balloon their business, and almost ninety five percent of the time, it's partners. And so, we had jokingly would ask each other, you know, hey, when are you going to come to Charleston and be my <laughs> CEO? When are you going to come to Knoxville and be yeah. my COO? And uh, so he. He told me on that call, he's like, you know, we need to kind of put up or shut up. Like either either we seriously consider it or we just quit joking about it. And um, and it's, yeah, it's been an interesting uh, marriage yeah. um, of sorts. I mean, he technically, I guess he is my work wife. Um, <laughs> at least that's how my wife uh, refers to him. But um, but yeah, the the nice thing is we both have strengths where I'm empathetic. He's very non-empathetic, and yeah. uh, you know, and uh, you need that yin and yang and the, the difference uh, yeah, is there. Yeah, so yeah. I get it. So. I just want to real quickly like sure. sidebar just because you mentioned Dave Ramsey. So, yeah. so first of all, when I moved to South Carolina, man, this is 15 plus years ago. Like it took me like two or three credit cards to get through the grocery store. Sure. Right. Like I was just, just a mess. Right. Didn't have my things. Wasn't honest with my wife about it. Like it was, it yeah. was not good. Right. Understood. Um, and that was the point I was like, okay, this is, this is never happening to me again. So right. it'd be a couple of years until I really started like listening to Dave's podcast and read mm-hmm. his book and everything. But I can tell people listening to this, like one of the big reasons I was able to even like quit my job and do diesel laptops mm-hmm. is because I had zero debt, sure. no car payments, no student loans. Right. Like I was, I was like this close to paying the house off. Like sure. it was almost done. And it just gave me a lot of runway to be able to afford yeah. the time to do it. So I, I think a lot of times people get confused in business. We talk about risk and debt and all these things. Sure. And especially when the market's hot, everyone's like, get mortgages on your house, put it in the market right. and all this stupid stuff. Yeah. Uh, he's really right though. Like you have cash in the bank, you don't yeah. have debt. It gives you some flexibility to go do yeah. some things and, and de-risk. Yeah, it, it certainly does. Uh, my wife and I, we were dating at the time and, uh, we came home one night and my, to my parents' house and my dad was, had this weird bald headed guy who's screaming, calling people stupid on Fox business. And, uh, and it was Dave yeah. and I'm like, how have they not kicked this guy off the air? Like what yeah. in the world? And, um, she was coming out of medical school. Uh, she's a PA, and uh, she had her share of debt hanging around her neck. Um, I had student loans still, yeah. and um, you know it. So anyway, the timing was good for us. We uh, got introduced to him then, and um, like you said, a lot of the things he said just made sense. And so we worked hard. We became debt free. We're debt free now, other than the mortgage on the house. And um, it, the positive thing is, a business owner especially when you run your business that way so that you're you're not utilizing debt is it you make decisions differently oh you, you know and, every dollar counts yeah like, and yeah you you, yeah. you gotta like be like okay i'm putting a dollar and i need to get i need to get more than a dollar out of this sure thing. sure and you know uh you can really lead in a different way and you never have to worry you know am i selling something to someone just because I I got these bills I got to pay. I don't care whether they need it or not. Like yep. they need to buy this so I can pay this. Yeah. You know, you don't, you're not forcing this sort of situations. You, you get to focus really on doing what's best for your customer, what's best for your team. Yeah. And, um, and there are other things that play into that. Sure. But, oh, I mean, um, yeah. You're not making the best decision for the bank or for the manager's yeah. payment or the shareholders. Right. Like you're, or my dad would yeah. say, don't work for others. Don't work yeah. for JC Penney and Belk and Ford Motor <laughs> Credit and, yeah, you know, work for yourself. No, it's and, uh again, if people are listening to this seriously, if if you have I guarantee you most of you listening to this have a bunch of student loans. Like Dave says, like yeah. people keep student loan payments around like their pets, right? Sure. They keep them around sure. for 20 years. 
trust me, there. Go check out Dave Ramsey. We'll we'll I'll get off that that yeah. pedestal here for a second at soapbox. Sure. But sure. Uh, it does it does help people. But I think it goes back to kind of what we're talking about is de-risking your personal life, de-risking your business. Sure. And a lot of what you do with IT services with company yeah. is de-risk them. Like it is a, it is a, it is a, it is a yeah. dangerous world out there right. in the, in the interwebs across the yes, globe. Yes, it is. And um, yes, the, the amount of risk that is out there for a business that in ways that people have no idea about um, and ways that keep me up at night. Uh, yes. It's, wild wild west other so like my my kind of story here when it comes to like cybersecurity or risk mitigation however you want to call it mm-hmm. is my company's in about our third year of business we get this we're selling on amazon so we get deposits every two weeks from amazon sure. like i know which day they're coming they come every day every two weeks right. last two years and it doesn't show up i'm like huh so i'm like okay it's an ach who knows banking system right. i'll give it a day or two doesn't show I'm like okay let me contact Amazon. Like, hey, where's my deposit? It says it, it says it, you know, it's been issued. Yeah, right. Why not? Like, well, it could take up to a week. I'm like, okay. So wait a little bit more. It was like, like I said, forty, forty-four thousand dollars, somewhere in that neighborhood. Sure. A week goes by. I'm like, okay, no money. What the hell's going on? And I go into the settings on our Amazon seller account and I go check the deposit information. It's oh, not man. my it's not my bank. Oh. Not my bank at all. And I'm like, wow. okay, this is not good. Um, and as a small business owner, you kind of have that wake up moment. Like I just lost $40,000 and sure. you know, I, I went down that rabbit hole of like, all right, file a police report, call the banks. Right. An FBI agent happened to be living in my neighborhood that I lived in. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, Hey man, like, <laughs> and, and he actually got me with like their like cr- cyber crime department. Sure. And I talked to the guy and the guy just like, look, man. He goes, this is the modern day bank robbery. He yeah. goes, that money's gone. That money was gone the minute that happened. Right. It, no one's going to chase down only 40. Like, you throw a couple more zeros on there. Maybe somebody will get interested, but chalk it up to a life lesson, man. <laughs> I was like, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> like, life, life lesson learned. And when I, and I could be mad all day long about all the reasons that happened. Sure. But it's really my fault at the end of the day. We didn't have two factor authentication. We didn't have the right, right different login. We we're sharing the same login. Yeah. Nobody's reading the emails about notifications or changes to bank. I mean, there's so many yeah. things we did wrong to, to make that account, but I, I've seen that happen to me. I know a big company that we work with. I mean, this is a company that has over half a billion dollars in revenue. They got ransomware. Yeah. And it happens more frequently, I think, than people care to admit. Yeah. I mean, you know, the reality is that if you do get hit, uh, your insurance company is going to want to control PR, right? So, I mean, because so, some people complain about like, why are we not hearing about it? Why, why are they not fessing up to it? And the other side of it is a small business. I mean, it's a PR nightmare. I mean, who, who wants to go on, go out publicly and say, you know, hey, we lost all of our customer records, like, you know, Oh, it's horrible. Yeah. People in Nigeria yeah. know who you are and your <laughs> yeah. date of birth. And oh, yeah. Their... By the way, they have your social security number, date of birth, yeah. mother's maiden name. Like, right. good, good luck. Right, right. Um, so, uh, you know, nobody wants to go through that. And the sad fact is that basically all the statistics show that, you know, everyone that pays a ransom, there's a good chunk of them, like 70-something percent say they just pay it a second time. Um, yeah. That is their... You know, that's their plan, uh, which is... I mean, it happened with Colonial Pipeline, right? Like, two yeah. years ago, I remember Colonial Pipeline here in the Southeast got mm-hmm. hacked. All the pipelines yep. shut off, essentially. Right. Everyone panicked, and sure. we ran out of fuel. Yeah. Um, so, it, it happened. So, I guess for the audience, 
I think a lot of times people think these are super sophisticated ways that people get in. Yeah. Break it down. Like, how, how do these things usually start with these so, types of attacks? Here's the sad reality. Majority of it's automated. Uh, most people are like, why am I a target? Why would I, they target me? Um, the reality is you're a lot easier to target than the Colonial Pipeline. I mean, someone, you know, hit pay dirt there and, and whatever. Um, and in fact, you actually see some of these larger companies get hit and you see the, the ransomware gangs or crime gangs, whatever you want to call them. Um, in some cases, they've said, hey, back off. We're not going to we're not going to take those targets again. Yeah. But the reality is that it's. It's just as easy to go online on the quote black market and basically rent access to computers that have already been compromised to be able to then license software as a service, like get a subscription for, hey, I want to hit 100 computers with ransomware and pay a couple hundred bucks. And not only do you get the software, now you've also rented access to a couple hundred, couple thousand computers. And, you know, if the, you know, you try to, to run the script and it doesn't work, You've got access to customer support. You can literally pick up the phone <laughs> and talk with these folks, and they'll they'll help you actually make sure it works. And if if you actually don't get you know certain amount of uh, return on your investment, you get they have money back guarantees. I mean, <laughs> they're running crazy. businesses. So they, they're they're running a business to ransom like ransomware yeah. as a service almost to yeah, like I anyone mean, that wants to do it. Microsoft like. can't even run customer service <laughs> as good as these folks are, and um and so I mean it's. It's that, that reality is it's that simple. You just have to go to the right place and sign up with the right things and get access to it. And then the other side of it is they're not necessarily targeting you. A lot of this is just spray and pray automation yeah. that, you know, they run a script, they walk away. It's not like they're going, you know, I want to go after Acme Machinery Company. Yeah. And they dedicate five or 10 people to, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, trying to hack in and figure out a way in. Um, it's literally, they're subscribing to a list where you know, you shoot, we just saw uh, in the news that Uber got hacked. Yeah. So socials and driver's license, or not socials, excuse me, state identification numbers, uh, driver's license numbers, and other information details on Uber customers. And so what do they do with that? They turn around and they sell it to these services. So, okay, well, now I have all these email addresses and I can fake emails and pretend to be Uber and try to trip them up on that. Get them to click a link, and and they don't care who the people are on the other end. It's all automated. Yeah. So, so. like, I know Okta is a publicly traded company. They yep. make a user auth system. Yep. They got hacked several months ago. We saw sure. the press release. We were thinking about using them as a vendor. Sure. <laughs> we're like, nope, not using them as a vendor. Right. Um, but then I saw today another article where they were using the credentials they stole out of Okta to use onto other platforms, and just yeah. it's it's like this thing that just keeps building up. But sure. What? Where does it start? Is it email? Is it text message? Like, are they? Go, yeah. Trying to like hack into websites, like you know, where, the, where do the they go? The majority of this stuff happens via email. Uh, so email makes up like ninety-two percent of uh, all cybercrime starting there. Because yep. at the end of the day, what do you have to protect against? You have to, you have, or let me rephrase: What are you actually fighting against as a malicious actor? Uh, you're fighting against people actually having email security in place correctly. And I can't tell you how many times we see that that is not yep. the case. Um, in my years of doing this, I've only run across, and it was recently, I ran across one dealership where I actually commended the IT manager. I'm like, you guys have your stuff together. Literally had that call earlier this week. <laughs> um, and I've been in this business for like 20 plus years. Um, so the first hurdle is, do they have email security? And then the second hurdle, which is the weakest, is 
what's what's the the entity between the keyboard and the chair? How well is that person you know trained to actually pick up on it? And um, and that's your weakest link. And so the way in ninety two plus percent of the time is email. So we just finally switched from Rackspace to Microsoft three sixty five essentially mm -hmm. for emails sure. and everything. So. Um, I'm hope we're doing the right things. I'm gonna yeah. have to, you know, I would say you are. We're, we're gonna do a tour after this, and maybe sure. talk to our IT person. But uh, it was it was nice to finally get two factor authentication on our email accounts, mm -hmm. um, and then we got the whole like, you know, we we can encrypt messages to each other if we need yeah. to. Sure. We can do the entire. Um, uh, people hate it because, but it comes up on every email like this came from an outside source because right. we were getting so many people that were, and we have S SFP protection, so people can't spoof our email addresses yeah. and all those things. Sure. But it was it was so many people. I don't know how they do it. It'd be like a new hire. It happens every week with a new hire. Like a new hire, be like they get an email from me, and I'm putting me in air quotes here for sure. the audio portion, being like, "Hey, so and so, can you run down to the store and get me some gift cards <laughs> real quick?" Real quick. Right. And they would form me the email like, "Is this real?" And we're like, "No, it's not. It's not real. It's, it right. says my name Tyler Robertson, but it's right. really." Some other domain hot name. Hotgirl at hotmail.com. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's just, it, it, you. that's everything I've learned, though, is it does start with emails and yeah. people just doing stupid stuff. Yeah, and it's, you know, and it's not so much, to be fair, uh, most companies don't have a good security awareness training yep. program in place. Uh, so that's one. But going back to the Dave Ramsey thing, you know, one of the things that uh, I learned via Entree Leadership is that majority of your staff, especially when you have more than yourself, i.e. you have other people in your business, they have a life that is outside the doors of your company that impacts everything they do, even when they're doing their 40 hours a week in your business. And so they, you know, just this week, uh, we met with my four and a half year old son's uh, pre-K teacher. So, you know, that's on my mind. That's affecting me, whether yeah. it's, you know, the equivalent of, you know, how do I protect my clients against some major attack? It's still back there, and it's the stressor, right? Or, you know, so anything going on in family life, anything going on in your personal life. So there's this stuff that your your team brings to the table with them when they come in the door every day, and hopefully, as a good leader, you're you're doing the things to help impact their lives uh, personally in a positive way. But still, there's there are those things, regardless of how well you've trained them, yeah. that always kind of layer on at the end of the day. Are they going to click this link? And if they do. Are they going to enter information? And um, it, it, you know, it's so it's, it's uh, always interesting when I go to these conferences and have these people speak about how they'll go to a company, they'll do like awareness training, like don't click on, don't open unknown attachments, don't sure. click on things, and then they do like a fake one or whatever. And it's it always seems right. like it's like a senior executive somewhere that that, that, that like yeah. the one person that has can probably more access to anything right. that does the stupid thing. So yeah, uh, but it is a lot of education, and sure. I, and I get it, like. I think me and you can understand when we're talking acronyms, understand how things sure. work. But like most people are just like, my email works and I reply yeah. and I click a thing because I trust it. And it, right. there's a lot more happening under the scenes that, sure. that people typically don't understand. All right, so so your company, you obviously, it sounds like help dealerships, uh, equipment dealerships, your customers with, cyber, with security or risk mitigation. Sure, right? yeah. What else do you guys do over there? Uh, so, I mean, at a 500,000-foot view, we are an IT and, and cybersecurity for, firm. And so we work with dealers that uh, have no IT staff, and we are their IT department. So we handle everything from strategy to the day-to-day -day putting out fires, as it were, um, and monitoring their systems and so forth, um, as well as doing their cybersecurity, keeping them secure. And, um, and then even with dealerships that have internal folks, we... Uh, do what we call co-managed IT, where we kind of come along beside them, 
you know, become an ally of theirs and kind of fill in the gaps where, where they have a need, whether that's doing help desk for them or doing some of the more heavy lifting projects or managing the cybersecurity, the infrastructure. Yeah. Uh, and all those sort of things. So, and I know, I know people, if I, if I say, oh, a company's got 150 employees, 200 employees, mm -hmm. a lot of people are like, wow, that's a big company. Sure. But I don't think a lot of people understand usually in a company that size, there's usually like one IT person, yeah. may, maybe two. Yeah. And the world of IT is a huge thing, right? Yeah. Phone yeah. systems, printers, PCs, yep. desktops, networking, security, printers, right. like it, I mean, a list goes on. And that's how I got first involved was like, I came into a company and I'm like, oh, I'm in charge of IT. Okay. And, and they really did outsource pretty much everything, mm -hmm. but I quickly figured out like, man, I am, there's no way I can be an expert in all of these things. Sure. And it's a, it's a really hard thing to do yeah. inside a company. So yeah, especially when you're looked upon to, uh, you know, one man band, so to speak, you're the IT department. It's hard to be strategic and try to help leadership figure out how to, you know, be more efficient to drive business processes forward in a better way, how to deliver uh, new offerings to your customers via leveraging technology in a certain way. And while you're doing all that, do the actual projects to implement all those ideas. And then while you're doing that, also do all the day-to-day, -day, you know, helping Jane with her printer and, and Jim with his email and, you know, all that. Um, and you're expected to be an expert on all that <laughs> and, and keep away all the bad guys, Yeah, you know? And so, um, so yeah, it really, for us, it's all about putting the business in a, in leveling up their technology, their operational maturity level with technology and, um, and coming alongside with, of them and figuring out how do we, well, first of all, is it even in their best interest for us to actually be a part of the team? Cause that's not always true. Yeah. Um, depending on what they have going on. Um, but if it does, then like, how do, how do we actually fit into that puzzle? Um, you know, it's, you can't just take a random piece of a puzzle and slam it on the, on the table and it fit, um, you know, no matter how hard my four-year-old tries. Um, but, uh, you do have to kind of look at it and figure out where everybody's strengths, the weaknesses are and, um, and figure out how your folks can play a part. And, um, and so to your point, trying to be an expert on a, a lot of different things, you know, that's some of the, where we bring value is that we're working with more than one of you, right? Multiple dealerships, multiple brands that they carry, um, helping them figure out how to do things with their F&I department or sales department, service, rentals, parts. And we're learning best practices that Acme Machinery is implementing and best practices that another dealership is implementing. Um, we're forming relationships with companies like yours. And so at the end of the day, we're becoming, we're, we're developing this wealth of information about, hey, how can we help streamline um, a dealership and um, in a lot of different ways? Uh, even securing them better um, and yeah. streamlining that. And um, and honestly, I believe that's where we, we bring a lot of the value to the table is that so, knowledge. So if you just take one of those, like phone systems, right? Sure. So like my journey at Diesel Laptops went from, I have my cell phone, everything just rings sure. to that, right? That's the number right. on the website, that's the number everywhere to, right. oh, I'll get Grasshopper. Yeah. They're like an online one, right? Now sure. I can use an 800 number, but it still rings my cell phone. Right. And then I was like, okay, now I got more employees, I need extensions. Yeah. And then we started maxing kind of out what Grasshopper can do. We went to something. I don't remember what the next one was. And then we went to Ring Central, right? Okay. So it's like in this constant evolution of of just growing like that basically operational system inside yeah. our company. Do you guys get involved helping these companies navigate that? If they're like, man, I got this yeah. phone system, but it doesn't do X, Y, and Z. 
Yeah, um, we get involved whether it's a service we offer or not. I mean, end of the day, my philosophy is this. Um, if you're partnered with us, what would you ask your IT department? I mean, yeah. so for you, you may have a couple of guys or gals on staff, and if the conversation of phones came up, who would you bring to the table? Nine times out of 10, it's gonna be your, the IT department's gonna be brought in at some point. And so, yeah, we, you know, we always take a consultative approach and, you know, uh, if it's a vendor they're looking for, I mean, shoot, one of the ways you and I have interacted here recently uh, is we have a dealership that they uh, represent like 10 different OEMs, or excuse me, they represent six, but they do some work on like four others. Yeah. And, um, and unfortunately, they don't have access to, to any tools to actually really do diagnostics. Hey, that sounds properly. like something we do here. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, might might make sense. But ultimately, you know, we're we're bringing that conversation to the table. We are going to the table and go. All right, well, explain to me more about what you're trying to accomplish here, and then let's help you find, you know, the solution out there. Whether it's something we can do, or whether it's somebody we just help you vet and ask the right questions. So what I what so. I what I've learned over the years, I mean, we we spend millions of dollars with vendors, right? Mm -hmm. What I've learned is I've really tried to find vendors that understand my space. Sure. So, you know, like an accounting firm, you went think and we're like, ah, it's accounting. Well, accounting someone understands deferred revenue. Sure. You know, like someone can, they can do some more advanced stuff. But I'm not a I'm not a manufacturer. I'm I'm right. something else, right? We have SaaS models and deferred revenue and all yeah. reserve account, like all these things. Like you need someone that understands how to account for software development, sure. and that's sure. different than someone that makes a widget in a factory. Uh, I, I can look at a, a lot of our other systems, right? Like our marketing, mm -hmm. like it really helps when we find a pay-per-click person that understands our products. Sure. Like that, sure. that is such a huge ad versus someone that's just like, oh, we help every company everywhere with everything. Like, okay, are you yeah. really, are you really the best solution yeah. for me if you don't even understand what I do as a business? Right. So right. that, I gotta imagine that's important to your customers. Yeah, it is. Um, one of the beautiful things about niching when we decided to niche and, and focus on the industry was it it took our you know wide vision and helped us narrow it down. So like we're we're focused now on certain sets of things. Now there are things that we do that we could apply to any client. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, it's the special specific things that you know when I'm talking with another IT manager. Um, that we can immediately, we're on the same page about what they're trying to accomplish. We understand what their diagnostic software is for and uh, how they're leveraging that with the uh, off-highway equipment. And, um, you know, and we understand the F&I department. And so we understand what those folks are trying to accomplish. And so when we're putting in email security solutions, we're bringing other solutions to the table that help them get past the roadblock that they're inevitably going to hit, which is they can't send financial information out in unencrypted email like they've been doing for the last 10 years, yeah. you know, so it worked. Before. Yeah, let, me, let me just email you over their social security number and yeah. EIN yeah. just so you can go yeah. process this real quick yeah. and financial it's, statements. It's one of those things where we just try to, we, you know, we know that that's going to happen. And so we try to have that conversation right out of the gate. Like, listen, here are some of the things that you're going to find that are going to be a problem. We try to secure this stuff for you. Um, and here are your options, which one of those options is actually another uh, provider in the space that is focusing on providing a secure financial uh, an insurance uh, portal for handling yeah. all those applications online with uh, all the manufacturers. Yeah. And um, like, well, that, that sounds like a, you know, an easy way to overcome this obstacle, but also improve your business process. So, so. one of the, one of the kind of companies areas that I, I think have it the hardest, like small businesses, mm -hmm. right? So your small business, 10 to 20 employees, somewhere in there, sure. you're the owner. I mean, you're wearing, you're wearing a lot of hats and sure. unfortunately like 
the IT hat is probably on you or right. your or right. your kids or your uncle or your brother's nephew that's working for you or something, yeah, right? Sure. Like so, you know, I guess the question I would be is like if you're thinking that small business owner mm-hmm. and they just got questions on on any of this kind of stuff. Like mm-hmm. where where do they go? Is there is there websites or resources or just start calling up random yeah, I mean, or call you or like what? 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 Yeah, what do sure, they do? Sure. Yeah. Well, you know where they normally go is Google. They're normally, uh, you know, uh, look up who they, you know, the first IT company that they, you know, spin a bottle on the table and the first one that finds yeah. it in town. Um, you know, for us, we try to make ourselves available to to just have those type of conversations. With so, the, so what her. kind of questions should they be asking if they're if they're yeah. like, okay, I need some help here. I need mm-hmm. I need some security. I need to make sure my my business isn't going to go in the sure. ground if my that computer blows up, right? Right. Is there specific questions they should be asking? Like, what kind of questions do you like to get from your 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 potential customers? Well, um, type of questions they ought to be asking for. What I find that that is usually what they want to know. They want to know if they're secure. Is usually what I find when we get on the phone yeah. because they don't know what they don't know. Um, and they, to your point earlier, they're they're trying to accomplish it some way right now, and usually. That is probably someone in service who happens to be the most techie person on the team. And so they just, they won the lottery, they're it. And, um, and so at the end of the day, they, the small business owners don't really know how to inspect what they expect. They yeah. expect that their technology is up and running. They expect that they're secure. They expect that you know, everyone's doing their work efficiently and that we are currently doing it the best way possible. And there's usually, by the time they're looking for someone, uh, for some insight or some answers, some questions, um, there's enough of a question mark there that they realize, begin to realize they don't really know how to find out. And so they don't usually, they, sometimes they don't know the questions to ask. Um, usually where we start is we try to help them get an understanding of what they have and usually where we start with that is cybersecurity audit. I mean, it's a it's a lightweight assessment. We kind of ask them some questions, help them begin to kind of reveal some of the areas within their business from a process standpoint, like, you know, policies, procedures um, of what may be in place already, what may not be that they just haven't thought about. Um, and then we actually go through an automated uh, process. We call it kind of like a lightweight penetration test yeah. Uh, where we we help run some uh, assessments internally, and basically come back with a, uh, you know, a report of findings, as it were, that's not technical. There's technical underneath it, and there's a lot of detail that's available. But it's more about what are the business impacts of where we currently are. Are we good here, or are we not good here? And if we aren't, then what do we need to do? Um, because again, usually either if they're coming with if they're coming to us, usually they just don't know what they don't know. Yeah. And so kind of taking that approach helps helps them begin to kind of that, put one and one together and, and get a good understanding of where they're at. Um, other than that, usually they have a very good idea of what they want. Yeah. And that is, um, you know, hey, we've we've got four locations and we and you know, we purchased all of them and they've all got different IT people and so we don't <laughs> know whose throat to choke when there's a you know breakage. Yeah. yeah. Like how do we, uh, you know, that, that was my experience. I took IT. It would be like it was like my second day yeah. of a store. Like my internet's down. I'm like, right. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know who does what around here yet, sure. right? But it was sure. just pick up the phone and call people and right. trying to work your way through it and everything. Yeah. First so. person that answers from my Google search. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. 
So do you just service people locally near? It sounds like you guys have the Knoxville or Tennessee location. Yeah, you guys so, here, or do you guys? I uh, know. I mean, we're we're nationwide. Um, in fact, we're currently having conversations even in Canada. So um, uh, one of the things we realized when we niched was there's not enough uh, to build a business on locally. Which, to your point about marketing and pay per click and all that, like that had that means a lot of our strategy had to change because we yeah. were that traditional local company that was servicing, you know. The equipment dealership over here, the hot dog stand over there, the lawyer here, the dentist back over that way, and um, and we were master none. But uh, you know, going all in on dealerships has meant that you know we really do have to spread our spread our well, wings. Out like I, I know we had a we had a Zoom call before this, and we were talking. Mm-hmm. I'll say it again, man. Truck dealerships work the same way as equipment dealerships. Yeah. There's yeah, definitely and I am definitely looking, market there for you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to learning a little bit more about them. They have been on our radar. We just uh, haven't uh, haven't known anyone <laughs> quite with the inside scoop yet. Uh, well, so, uh, I, I tell you about. I, I think about a third of the employees here used to work at a dealership. So all we can, right, we can tell perfect. you all about them. But all right, man. If people want to get a hold of you, learn more sure. about your company. Where should we send them? Absolutely. Uh, so our website's rocketwise.com, and uh, can certainly find me on LinkedIn, Kevin Landers, uh, at Rocketwise. And um, that's pretty much it. You can get us right there. Awesome, man. Well, hey, appreciate you driving up here from the low country. Great Absolutely. to get, get in the studio. I'm going to give you a tour of the place after this, show you kind of what we do here. The more you know about us, I got the feeling more you're going to help us as well, and, and vice versa. So, again, thank you for coming on. Everyone, thank you again for watching, listening. If you're on any of the podcasts we're on, anywhere that you're listening, please like, share, subscribe, comment. It all very much helps us. And we'll end it by saying it's not just diagnostics, it's diagnostics done right. But you also need to really pay attention to your infrastructure, your security, the things you have going on. These things will save you money, they will save you time, and they will de-risk you. So thank you again. See you on the next one.